This is Sugar, a tale of motherhood and medicine. If you're just joining us, please go back and start at episode one. I'm the author, Raisa Hakoen. This memoir is my experience of becoming a first-time mother and navigating the healthcare system for my son, who was diagnosed with a rare condition. Fragility. In the end, I came to the conclusion that Yom Kippur is about the fragility of life. But I don't need to be reminded of that. I know it all too well. I know how many millions and billions of things need to go right in order for you to produce a thought, a word, how your entire body protects the functioning of your brain. Your brain is the headquarters and all the rest of the gladiators, your major organs, your minor organs, your heart, your lungs, kidneys, pancreas, stomach, your skin, your skeleton, all play a vital role. They all work really hard in order to protect and support brain function. And if just one fails, well, the lights go out. The offices close one by one in the headquarters. When you faint, it happens slowly. Your vision, and then your hearing, and one by one, the office lights go dark in the headquarters. Well, I wish that you should never know. We are lucky so far in that your sugars have never been low enough, for long enough, for you to lose consciousness, to collapse into a seizure, to suffer permanent brain damage. But many hyperinsulinemia patients do, and it's not an uncommon phenomenon. This whole time, we have been working so hard, been so diligent, so vigilant, because we know that if we slip, if we relax, if we lose track of time, there's always a risk at headquarters. And that is a huge burden to bear. Sometimes my shoulders collapse under the responsibility and sometimes it just seems too big a load for a parent to carry. So I do not need a special day reminding me how precious life is, how special it is, how fragile it is, how difficult it is to come into being and to be year after year. I know that each day is a blessing, even when it feels like a curse. The joy of motherhood. And then there are the good days. The ones when I just get to be a mother. The ones when your sugars are stable and we get to play and focus more on your development and less on your health. So Saba and Safta bought you a wagon, a beautiful red wagon, and you've been pushing it around the house with parental supervision for days. Slowly, cautiously learning to take steps, learning control. Ab and I follow you around, stabilizing the wagon as you push. And this morning, bam, you woke up, stood up, and off you went, all by yourself. You were practically running around the house, pushing your wagon. You were so proud of yourself. And I was so proud of you. That moment felt so good. We've had so many dark times, so many struggles so many obstacles to overcome, that we must celebrate all the small but hard-won victories. And this was such a victory. Hooray for you! Victory. 
You remember the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day? Well, today was the exact opposite of that. It started with our regular hospital visit to Dr. Smith. We had tried to move you to Sandestadin one last time, and we were concerned about your liver function. Your last blood check was borderline above normal, but your numbers had dropped and were perfectly fine this time. Alba and I breathed a huge sigh of relief upon hearing this, because the Sandestadin had been our Hail Mary. We were loath to go back to the glucagon after a few quieter, more stable months thanks to the Sandestadin. This was also the third time we tried sandestatin, once when we were in the NICU, and another time as a trial off the glucagon, but both times it had negatively affected your liver. I was not excited. I was even discouraged to try it a third time. But Dr. Smith made a very bold, calculated move and encouraged us to try one last time. This time, we started at the lowest dosage possible in conjunction with the glucagon pump and slowly transitioned you away from the glucagon to the sandestatin. And then we slowly tapered off the glucagon and ta-da! The sandestatin is the Zeus of all gods, the most potent and powerful, and all other medications seem like nothing in its presence. Also, we switched your peg to a cute little gastrostomy button. It's much more manageable and less obtrusive and it marks the occasion of you switching off continuous food to intermittent bolus feeding. Another huge triumph. We are so proud of you. Lastly, during our meeting today, Dr. Smith said that given the look of things, he believes that you are going into remission. Remission. I went spontaneously deaf when I heard that, and I asked him to repeat himself a few times. He said that you are in a low enough dosage that it looks like you are going into remission. It has been one hell of a year for us, one hell of a lifetime for you. And please God, things are looking up from here on out. Dr. Smith said to us in a very fatherly manner that he was very proud of you and of us as a family and how we've handled everything. It meant a lot since this year has been nothing short of impossible and his acknowledgement of our hard work made us feel proud of the work that we have done as parents. I am so proud of you, my little fighter, for all you have been through, for all you have overcome, for who you are and how you've handled everything. I wish for you that the worst is behind us. I wish for you all the world has to offer you and that it only gets better and better with time. You have been in hospitals for more than your fair share And whether or not you remember, you've seen and witnessed more horrors than most. I wish that from here on out, you will get to see and experience only the beauty, glory, and joy that life has to offer. We are so proud of you, our little boy. Another victory. When I was in high school, as one of the only Jews at a predominantly waspy boarding school, I was selected to attend a conference on diversity in private schools. I was one of the only white participants in attendance. We did a number of interesting getting to know the participants games, and I remember one of them very vividly. All the conference participants were asked to stand in a long horizontal line, facing the same way in a large auditorium. We were asked to close our eyes 
and were then asked a series of questions, some geographical, some socioeconomic, and some personal. If the answer was yes, you took a step forward. If it was no, you took a step back. Did you have hot meals and enough food in your home growing up? Did your parents tell you they love you? At the end of the series of questions, we were told to open our eyes and look around. I was very close to the wall, but there were others closer and others very far behind. We were told that on three, we were to run to the wall and whoever arrived first won. Now, I don't remember whether the winner actually won anything, but it was a really memorable lesson in the facts of life. Some are privileged and start out ahead, and others, while they can run as hard as they can, will never catch up. I noticed then how privileged I was amongst this bunch and how many opportunities I had been given that put me ahead. I thought of this game, which I played almost 15 years ago, on Monday, when I took you to your first music class, our first mommy-baby extracurricular activity. You loved class, seeing the other kids playing with the instruments. You were even trying to sing along. It was so adorable. And as I looked around the music circle, it occurred to me that this was a big milestone. You worked so hard to get here, harder than any other kids sitting around that circle. I had probably worked harder than any other mommy, to get you there. Every class, every outing, every trip to the playground was a victory. We felt the sun shine brighter. We felt the fresh air in our lungs and on our skin. And we enjoyed every moment together as we would never again take our mobility for granted. We still have a ways to go, but the victories must be celebrated. And this was certainly one of them. Returning to work. My maternity leave felt like an eternity. I would have killed just to be another mom, trying to juggle work and home life. When I was seven, I told my mother, a pulmonologist and adult intensive care specialist, that when I grew up, I was gonna be an artist so that I could actually spend time with my children. I actually don't remember that story, but she'll never forget it. I wanted normalcy. I wanted my regular, boring life back. So as I geared up to return to work, I wanted to acknowledge all the support that my company, let's call them Hatton, had provided during our challenging time. So I wrote the following letter. I wasn't sure to whom I should address it, so I wrote it to the CEO and all of the vice presidents of human resources. It went something like this. June 15th, 2014. Dear CEO and management team, I am writing this letter to thank the entire Hatton family for all that you have done for us. As I am gearing up to rejoin the working Hatton community from maternity leave, I would feel remiss if I didn't formally thank the team and all the Hatton resources available to us during what has been the most difficult time in my life. First, I'd like to introduce myself, and then I will share with you the highlights of this past year and the ways in which Hatton supported us during this significant and transformative journey into parenthood. My name is Raisa Hakoen, and I was born in Nashua, New Hampshire. I attended the Groton School and Brown University and then ended up moving abroad to Israel to complete my MBA at Hebrew University. 
I met and married my husband in Jerusalem, and in September 2013, I was a healthy, pregnant 29-year-old, poised to enter motherhood. Everything changed as our son was born. I was rushed to the hospital for an emergency C-section, and after significant testing, my son was diagnosed with hyperinsulinemia, a childhood disease affecting his blood sugars. As my son was admitted to the NICU, my husband and I never left his side. We moved into a small hostel inside of the hospital and remained there for four and a half months as we began to nurse him to health. Having recently been onboarded, I took advantage of the Hatton resources available to my family. Firstly, I contacted the manager of the Expert Medical Opinion Program, who analyzed my son's charts, reached out to world-renowned specialists in the field, and provided critical feedback for his treatment. Secondly, my colleagues contacted the Family Emergency Fund and Hatton funded our entire hostel stay so that we could be vigilantly by his side. Thirdly, HR colleagues reminded us that there was an option of therapy sessions, also subsidized by Hatton, which we took advantage of to help us get through this difficult time. In addition, I received many visitors, supportive emails and phone calls from Hatton colleagues across the globe. My son is almost 10 months old now and is doing much better, almost unrecognizable compared to the newborn I held in my arms at the hospital. You can see his photo attached. As I gear up to return to work, I wonder how I can ever express my gratitude towards my colleagues and the company at large for the amazing resources it provided to my family. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts, and I look forward to rejoining and contributing to the Hatton family. Gratefully yours, Raisa Hakoen. Surprisingly enough, I received a reply from the CEO's secretary that said he was away on business and will get back to me in a day or two. She also mentioned how cute you are in that photo. Sure enough, two days later, I received a reply. Impressive from a CEO for a 90,000-person company. It read something like this. Raisa, first let me say that I am very pleased that your son is doing so well, and so are you and your husband. Thank you for sending us your email and sharing with us the sometimes painful journey that your family has been on. I am so thankful and proud that the Hatton family and all of our resources were made available to you and your son to get you to a good place. We are glad to have you rejoin the team and your contributions to Hatton are all the gratitude you need to show us. CEO. Four months after I returned from maternity leave, as part of its annual layoffs, Hatton cut 8% of its global workforce, 6,000 jobs in total, and 300 in the Jerusalem office, including mine. So I wrote again to the CEO. Dear CEO, I am writing to thank you again and give you an update on my son's situation. I was in touch when I returned to Hatton from maternity leave four months ago, and my son is now 14 months and doing much better. You can see his photo attached. He is the sweetest little boy, and you would never know all that he has dealt with and overcome in his short lifetime. I am writing you a final thank you. I was recently part of the 8% of the Hatton workforce in the LR, the limited restructuring. Hatton was wonderfully supportive to us during the most difficult time in our lives, and I was truly looking forward to dedicating my career to repaying the large debt that I owe this company. With warm regards, Raisa. Raisa, I'm both glad that Hatton could be there for you and your family during the difficult times and saddened to know that you were part of the LR. Regrettably, 
the company had to make some pretty difficult decisions that affected many good employees. Please send me pictures from time to time of your son as he continues to grow. Sincerely, CEO. Terribly disappointing. I was taught that with great power comes great responsibility. Too bad corporate America didn't learn the same. Thank you for listening. This has been Sugar, a tale of motherhood and medicine. And I'm the author, Raisa Hakoen. You can find us on Amazon.com or like us on Facebook. This podcast has been produced by Aaron Leader and mastered by Keith Rigling.